Welcome to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag horror hostess, Evil, coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation. Good evening to all my pod people out there. Hopefully you're all doing well this evening and are ready for tonight's episode. Tonight I am reviewing Their Watching from 2016. But before we jump into that, let's do a couple quick reflections. <laughs> quick reflection number one, Psycho 2 from 1983, starring Anthony Perkins, reprising his role as Norman Bates of the original Psycho from 1960. This is one of those sequels that is actually good. The story is great, the acting is good, and the ending actually surprised me. If you're like me and have been putting this one off because, you know, it may ruin the original for you, go watch it. I give Psycho 2 8.5 out of 10 notes from Mother. <laughs> so now I only have to watch Psycho 3 and 4. Fingers crossed they're good too. <laughs> I have my doubts. <laughs> Quick reflection number two. Grizzly 2, The Revenge from 1983-ish. Um, okay. I was really excited to watch this one not knowing anything about it. Because, you know, thinking it had a young George Clooney and Charlie Sheen, which it does technically for like five minutes. Now, I know there was a bunch of issues with this movie and the production and the money and blah, blah, blah. But oh my god, what did they do to this poor movie? They cut in present day footage into an early 80s movie, which didn't make sense. The editing is all over the place. The bear special effects are awful. The only thing I really like about this was the concert rehearsals and the concert footage. I feel like there was a good movie there, but with all the issues, it just went straight down the toilet. So I give Grizzly 2, The Revenge, 2.5 out of 10 shark mouths. If you know, you know. <laughs> And for our last quick reflection of the evening, quick reflection number three, Renfeld from 2023. Ooh, current queen. Now, I have to say that so far this year, this has been my favorite movie. From the leaked pics of this movie, I did not think I was going to like it. Then I saw the trailer, and I couldn't wait to see it. And then I saw it, and I was not disappointed. I thought it had a great idea. It was well acted, great effects. It was funny and gory, but not gross. And the black and white throwbacks were a perfect touch. I'm not a huge Nick Cage fan, but I thought he was good. And the main guy, Nicholas Holt, who played Renfeld, was perfect. It is definitely worth a watch. So I give Renfeld from 2023 10 out of 10 support groups. <laughs> well, I think it's time to dive into tonight's main feature. Enjoy. Tonight, we are reviewing Their Watching from 2016, which at the time of this recording was available on Tubi, but I don't know when you're listening to this, so it could be available somewhere else. So we start out the end of the movie, and a young girl gets axed in the head. <laughs> then cut, and it seems like someone just changed the channel, and we are watching Home Hunters Global, a spoof of one of those house hunter shows on HGTV. But this episode is set in exotic Moldova. <laughs> Welcome to Moldova, an affordable gem nestled in the heart of Eastern Europe where the old meets new in surprising ways. Meet Becky Westlake, a successful artist and potter. After 10 years in the hectic Los Angeles craft scene, she's looking for some old world inspiration. Running the gallery has been great, but I think it's time for a change. I want to slow down, focus on my life, my relationship. Becky wants a house where she can set up her pottery studio with enough room left over to raise a family. 
So we meet the American redhead Becky Westlake looking to buy a house and her soccer player boyfriend Goran, who needs a haircut. You ever notice in these house hunter shows, they never really have a source of income to buy a house? Like, she's a pottery maker and he plays soccer, but he's obviously not rich and famous soccer player, and they're gonna buy a house and land? Um, okay. I know it's a movie, but even in the TV show, they're like, yeah, I sell cat whiskers on the freeway and I want to buy a $10 million house. Like, what? Uh, anyway. Sidetrack. We also meet our real estate person, the very sexy Vladimir, who honestly looks like he's smuggling a fairly large squirrel in his pants. To find a bargain, Becky has enlisted the help of local real estate broker Vladimir Falak. Moldova has uh, many complicated laws for taxes, land titles, religious zoning, and gypsy prohibitions. Not to worry. Vladimir is the best broker in Moldova. And as Vladimir says, only broker in Moldova is best broker in Moldova. But we'll talk more about him later. <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> so we are in Pavlovka, Moldova, and we pull up to a serious fixer-upper. More like a full tear down and start over. A few miles outside of town is a cottage home right out of Hansel and Gretel. Becky may like old world charm, but does she really know the difference between rustic and a wreck? What a dump. Like I said, the house needs a little something. Yeah, like a wrecking ball. It also has a creepy barn and an outdoor fireplace that Becky with the red hair wants to turn into a kiln for her pottery. Back in the house, there is a cellar under the master bedroom that has a wine crushing vat in the corner and a hidden painting or mosaic on the floor. This whole house hunter's vibe is crazy. It so far gives a real vibe, like not a basic found footage movie, but more of a behind the scenes documentary. Well, snap cut six months later and the TV crew is back in Moldova. The TV crew was amazed she bought the place and now they're on their way to see what she's done in six months, you know, fixing up the house. They don't think she's gonna have anything done, really, because it was in such bad shape. She actually bought that place? This house is a literal nightmare. What could she have possibly done with it in six months? That's what we're here to find out. I bet you any money she hasn't done a goddamn thing. It happens, it happens all the time. On their way to the house, they're driving through Pavlovka, which is where they're staying in the hotel, quote unquote hotel. Uh, now we meet the director hostess woman of the show, Kate, who is very high strung. Step on it. It's bigger than my fucking foot. Kate's men will not be here for an hour. Jesus Christ, okay, who the fuck have you guys right, been? Before you freak out, three hour no. delay in Berlin. Kate is not where else's knees. says that you're on time right here on the yeah. website. Yeah, and the flight was great. Thanks for asking, Kate. Fuck. The fucking internet here is fucking retarded. Kate, get, get, get. Fuck! Relax, it's Pavlovka. Why are you standing around, dummies? Go unpack the van. They unload all their different cameras, then they start getting some B roll around the village for the TV show. And the villagers are all a bit sketch, and they film this weird religious procession and then sneak a GoPro into the church, which they're not supposed to do, but of course they do. And on the wall is this painting of this witch being burned by like these six guys, which I would have loved to have seen a better shot of that, but oh well. Then we see that it's a funeral for three little kids or three very small people. Uh-oh, they get caught filming and the village people go nuts and try to beat them up. But who's afraid of the village people? <laughs> Mm. 
But the local cop steps in, and since he speaks English and Moldova, he uh, calms them down and everything's fine. So they all head out to the house to see what Becky has done with it in the last six months. They pull up and it is beautiful. It is all fixed up, a perfect little fairy tale cabin in the woods. Even Becky with the red hair looks upgraded. Her boyfriend Gorin isn't there because he's traveling, but since they got there late, it's too late to film, so they head back to town for dinner and bed. So camera one guy Greg and Sarah have a moment, and they look at some old footage showing Gorin and Kate fucking in the moldy old barn on the first visit to Moldova. Ooh, is that why Kate is so cranky? I mean, I guess I'd be angry too if I had to go all the way to Pavlovka, Moldova for some dick, but who am I? <laughs> Back to the present, and it's dinner time at the Burning Steak Restaurant. You know, steak, not steak. S-T-A-K-E, not S-T-E-A-K. <laughs> Which reference, get it? Yeah. Uh, they say it's the best place in town because it's the only place in town. <laughs> and I love the name. It's a great name. And now it's time to drink. Vodka, vodka, vodka. Of course. What else are you drinking in Eastern Europe? Vodka. Then the food. Now a warning. What? Who drinks all that before food? Oh, they're going to get wasted. White girl wasted. While they're eating, all the locals are just leering at them. Or is that just how they look? I don't know. I've never been to Romania or Moldova or any other quiet little place full of village people and we get a little story from sexy vladimir many years ago beautiful woman builds home outside pavlovka she never bothered nobody but she is stranger and these were very cautious times so one day it happens in town the cattle get sick children get sick people start to die Villagers want to know why. Why is this happening? Who is to blame? They don't understand germs, these people. So here you have single woman, beautiful single. She live outside of town. She never go to church. And she has black cat. She must be witch. What happened? Well, villagers go to her house. They tie her to stake. They burn her alive. End of story. Millions of times this happens. They burned her alive. Da. That is awful. Eh, not really. It's good for business. So they stumble back to the hotel. Next morning, they head out and start filming the house and doing the final interview to wrap up their show. It is really a cute little house, and her pottery kiln thing is actually adorbs. So cut to Sarah going to do some B-roll when she sees a frog and finds a weird spot in the forest with this burnt pole in a depressed circle. And then bzz, her camera fritzes out. Okay. Then we see Kate filming outside as a bunch of villagers just kind of pop out of the woods with like axes and pitchforks and other weapons. Then a random dog attacks Alex, camera guy number two, and the sheriff shoots him, the dog, not Alex. <laughs> and they rush him, Alex, not the dog, to the doctor, who in all reality in this town is the butcher, but at least he's got some good painkillers. So win-win? <laughs> Wait, why was the sheriff out there? Was he with the villagers in the woods? Also, what's up with the villagers in the woods? Hmm. Back at the burning stake, because I guess they have to stay another night to finish filming. But this time they're smart and they buy the locals drinks to make them a little nicer. Which works, because who doesn't love a free drink? I know I do. <laughs> so they play games and music and have a good time. And it was all good till someone, Sarah, dumb bitch, 
said the word witch. Then the villagers got all pissed, so the crew all had to flee the restaurant and head back to the hotel. Next morning, back out at the little cottage. When they get to the house, a bunch of villagers are just standing across the road staring at the house. You could say, they're watching. (laughs) So the film crew continues through the house. Now they head down into the basement under the master bedroom. And there's a mural on the wall and a frog painting on the floor, all original to the house, apparently, from Roman times. Um, okay. And we see that that's a running theme through this movie. Frogs, frog paintings, and references to witches. Get it? The burning stake. Yes, we got it. So when they come back upstairs and head out of the house, they see that their van has been ruined by the locals, like destroyed, and it is not going anywhere. Then we get the scene where Kate and Sarah attack each other after Sarah accidentally, quote unquote, spills the beans about knowing that she fucked the soccer player the last time they were there. And this one, yelling witch in the middle of a bar full of psycho Euro hicks. Way to win over the locals, Sarah. Well, maybe I should just fuck them instead. So they decide that since the van is destroyed and Becky with the red hair only has a bicycle, that sexy Vladimir volunteers to walk into town. I go to town. Everyone loves Vladimir. It will take me a while, but I will get help. Are you serious? You want to go out there? Only volunteer is best volunteer. So he sets off. So they hang out in the house while it rains, playing cards, you know, just killing time. When the rain lets up, Becky with the red hair takes Sarah out to the kiln hut, and what do they find but my poor sexy Vladimir crucified and mutilated with a frog in his throat, like a real frog in his throat. (laughs) So they hunker down in the house and decide to wait for Gorin to come in the next day, hoping he still has his big SUV so they can escape. So they decide to get some sleep in shifts, and Becky with the red hair tells them a little familiar tale. Have you had a lot of problems with these people before? Well, I don't speak the language yet, but um, I've gotten some hard stares at the market. A single woman and all living this far out of town, you know. And I don't go to church, so I haven't gone out of my way to become part of their community. Then we get some night vision from Sarah's camera because she hears something and it's another damn frog in the bedroom. So she goes out to where the others are and they find that Kate is missing and she must be outside. But okay, why would she have gone outside? I don't know. So they all decide to go outside where the villagers still are. Ugh. But they go to find Kate and it's still dark out. So they're using their night vision on their cameras and they're hearing noises and they think that it's Kate. But if it was, it was her last breath because they find her nailed to the top of the front of the barn, which how would you even do that? Ugh. Sarah sees that there's a car in the garage, but Sarah doesn't immediately say anything like she should have. Instead, Sarah has to see the old footage from when Kate was fucking the soccer guy. Well, I guess the soccer guy was fucking Kate. But anyway, in the background of that video, they can see Becky with the red hair watching them through the barn window. So she knew the whole time. Uh Uh-oh. Shit is starting to hit the fan as the villagers start fires outside. So they all head to the cellar and they can hear them destroying the house upstairs. The power goes out. So Becky with the red hair lights a lantern and they rip this poker out of Alex's arm that was in there from earlier. And then Sarah sees the rest of the mural. And it's all of them, the film crew, the villagers, Becky with the red hairs, the witch, the way they interpret the camera crew is really interesting. Like the cameras are big eyeballs and the boom mic is a giant ear. It's very interesting how they, you know, did that. I'm not gonna fucking fall 
down. Look at this mural right now. That's us. That is us. She planned this whole entire thing. No. She painted about it. I didn't paint that. That was always here. I was always here. What? I was just waiting for Becky, for you. Becky, what are you talking about? Dude, she is fucking psychotic, okay? Right. Listen to me. She thinks she's a witch, okay. and those hicks up there do too. We finally get to see what's really in the grape stomping pit, and guess what? It's a melted Gorin in some potion. And Becky with the red hair drinks some of it and then goes all psycho witch. She vaporizes Greg like poof, gone. So Sarah and Alex run and almost get shot by a local, but they knock him out and take his gun. They get outside and it is covered with frogs, like frogs everywhere. And weird different color lights coming from cars and buildings in the forest. Now we're back at the beginning where we started. And the sheriff axes Sarah in the head. And he's just about to shoot Alex, but the witch vaporizes him. And then she rips another guy in half. And then she just goes all postal on these villagers. And Alex keeps recording while running through the woods trying to get away from the pissed off witch. And then a group of villagers with torches and pitchforks starts running towards Becky with the red hair witch. One villager with a scythe goes to attack Alex. And bam, the witch turns him into a pile of frogs. <laughs> it is such a funny shot. And I, I mean, I guess that explains why there are so many frogs. One man is like 30 frogs or something. I don't know. Witch math is totally my worst subject. <laughs> I love puns. So the witch continues to fuck up these villagers who have no chance, really. Like, they try shooting her, like, point blank, and it just bounces off her, which makes her more angry. Then Alex gets covered in muscle man blood and drops the camera as some villagers start pulling him away but the camera just floats away and focuses on the witch who cleans it off with magic. And at this point, she is looking a lot more witchy. Ooh, good makeup job. Then she sends the camera back through the woods and literally through the rest of the villagers that are surrounding Alex. So then Alex grabs the camera and starts running away again. Then bam, Becky with the red hair is right behind him and looking like her old self, thankfully. Then she makes a deal with Alex. I used to have a painter. Now I have a director. Unless you don't want to be my director. Oh, no, shit, that's, that's cool. I mean, who doesn't want to direct? Good. Show everyone. Then she disappears. The end. <laughs> well, that was their watching from 2016. Now, the first time I watched this, I thought it was really good. And this time, I still really liked it. And not just because of Vladimir's bulge, but that's another reason to watch it again later this evening. <laughs> I like the story. I like the setting. The acting was fine. The soundtrack is good. And the end is a hoot. It's worth the weight of the whole movie. It's not perfect. They could have cut some stuff out and given us more background on the witch and the frogs, but still it's entertaining and Vladimir's bulge. <laughs> so I give their watching from 2016, eight and a half out of 10 frogs in the throat. Mm. So time for the list with no name. Speaking of which, I've gotten some name suggestions that I'm considering. And if you have any name ideas, feel free to message them to me on all my socials. All my info is over at evilqueensf.com. All right. Number one, best kill. 
It's got to be frog guy, totes. Two, hottest guy. Um, hello, Vladimir in his tight pants. Three, pick two other movies to go with this one to make the perfect movie night. Now, this movie night will be a little weird, but I would start with the movie Frogs with Sam Elliott. Then They're Watching. Then Elvira's Haunted Hills. Like I said, weird movie night, but I think it might work. <laughs> Number four, best scare. The cat jump scare, obviously. The, you know, the cat jump scare that I didn't mention at all in the <laughs> podcast. Uh, number five, if it doesn't already have a sequel, would you want one? For this one, I would have to say no, but also yes. But it would have to be another kind of like house hunters type mockumentary, but someone investigating the strange disappearance of the camera crew in Moldova. I think it could work like some sort of ghost hunters idea. Number six, special effects rating. Well, it was not the best, but that actually made it kind of good. And again, it was very entertaining. Um, I mean, it wasn't like sci-fi movie in the 90s bad, but it wasn't great. So still fun. Number seven, Kill Count. Uh, now, I couldn't find one. I looked and could not find it, but feel free to watch the movie and count if you feel like it. Number eight, what made evil laugh? Of course, after Frog Guy, the frogs attack a female villager. That is hilarious. Number nine, best dressed. You know, I hate to say it, but I think it was Bitchy Kate, honestly. Number 10, worst dressed. Sadly, it was my poor Vladimir. His outfits were atrocious, but he was so hot I could overlook it. <laughs> Number 11, parents profanity guide from IMDB. Now, I don't know if this is correct since I don't track these myself, but it says 110 plus uses of the word fuck. Uh, I don't remember hearing fuck that much, but I'm kind of immune to it anyway, so maybe. Mm. Number 12, unanswered questions. Why did only half the barn get painted? How could they have not seen the car in the barn while doing B-roll and stuff? Why was Kate always so pissed off? What do the real people of Moldova think of this movie? What did that soccer player soup taste like? I guess we'll never know. <laughs> 13. Favorite question. How do you make this movie a drinking game? One, take a drink whenever you see a frog, a real one, or a painted one. Take a drink when someone mentions Afghanistan. If you watched it, you know you'll be drinking. And then take a drink whenever they piss off some village people. <laughs> and of course, take a shot when they are in the restaurant pub, The Burning Steak. Feel free to send me any questions, comments, concerns, movie recommendations, or whatnot. All my contact info is over at evilqueensf.com. Well, that's enough Eastern European witchy horror for me tonight. As always, keep watching scary movies. Bye-bye. called the biggest donkey you take donkeys from villagers around county they feed the donkeys as much as possible for three months at the end of three months they weigh the donkeys the one with the biggest donkey wins all donkeys he's a very rich man now clever idea for reality show